Chris, we're not allowed to use any of this yet in the uh, Nicole. Chris is Chris is our invisible friend that we talk to sometimes when we're <laughs> recording. Welcome to Mage Talk. Mage Talk is brought to you by Mage Mail. Mage Mail brings your customers back with customer lifecycle email from Magento. Start your no risk trial today at magemail.co. Nexus is the leader in Magento server performance. Speed up your Magento store as much as 13 times or greater on a world class hosting platform. Stay tuned to Mage Talk for a special offer on shared and dedicated hosting. Visit nexus.net slash mage talk to find out more. Well, hello and welcome to Mage Talk, the Magento Community Podcast. I'm Kalen. I'm Philip. And today with us, we have two very special guests Paul Bavere, Vice President of Product Management at Magento, and Alan Kent, Magento Chief Architect. How's it going? Hello. Hi, it's Alan here. <laughs> this is uh, 89, episode 89. 89. I, I did forget to say that. Do over. I want to do a. I want to do like a, a holiday special when we uh, cut together all of our our intros and cold opens, and it'll be eighty nine episodes in a row where it's just the moment before you begin speaking in the episode where you go, <gasps> <gasps> "Hello and welcome to Mage Talk." This is episode eighty nine of those in a row. I was wondering if you should make it a bit more impressive and say the numbers in binary or something. It makes it sound like you've done a lot more episodes. (laughs) (laughs) We should do that. That could be the the silver bullet I need to improve my intro game. That could be just... We all know it. It needs improvement. Even incremental improvement would be good. (laughs) Intro 2.0.2. I thought 89 sounded impressive enough. 89 is pretty impressive. You know, that's what they do now is they put... They make seasons out of podcasts, which makes no sense to me. It's like season three, episode 15. Makes complete sense. It doesn't make any sense. Anyway, podcast talk. So we have Paul and Alan today. Uh, Not to be confused with Paul Allen, which would be a much bigger get. Um, But uh, we do have Paul and Alan. Uh, Hey, look, that's the first joke out of the uh, Google Doc. Now we're done. Um, And uh, actually, Kalen, do you want to kind of set up why we got the two biggest names at Magento that will ever be on this show? I do want to set it up. Um, I just kind of wanted to have, have, you know, kick back, have a good time, have some laughs. Yeah. That was mostly it. No, actually, um, we we had um, so there was you know there had been some some discussion happening in, in in the ether on the interwebs on the Twitters about you know uh, Magento two is Magento two enterprisey is it up market is it down market is it mid-market? oh yeah the mid market con- yeah the mid market conversation is that it came up too. the mid market um, we need to have like a little audio tune that chimes in and says mid market mid market yeah uh, so uh you know so there was some discussion around that and you know is magento 2 moving up market is it you know are they sort of leaving their roots you know in, in, in that magento one has and you know a certain individual that i know even commented on a reddit thread and told a, a beloved magento one user who was asking about magento 2 that they didn't belong on magento in the first place I didn't say it like that. <laughs> uh, I took that completely out of context. Um, no, so I'll have so you know, I was then awarded a, a master award. So it's it's that canceled. Yeah, that canceled that out pretty much. But so basically, the question was, you know, 
Um, what does this mean? What does this mean? You know, where does Magento sit? What are they aiming for? How does that affect things from a code level, from a feature level, from a business level? And so we said, hey, you know, who, who might want to come on to talk about that? And uh, Alan and Paul were, were so gracious as to be willing to come on and, and share some of their thoughts. Obviously, we're going to get it from the business side and from the technical side. So we're getting a, a double whammy. Um, with two of the best and brightest minds uh, at, at Magento, so that was uh, that was how we got this. this yeah, thing that's started. how that's how this came to be, and we we really appreciate you guys being on. Thank you so much for taking time. Sure, no problem. It was probably because Peter was pinging you on the back channel because I was ranting every time I saw one of those comments. <laughs> uh, so you, it's like I have to be here. Hold on, I got to go do a presser. People are saying bad things. <laughs> no, about no, us no, again. not at all. Mm-hmm. Always happy to talk. To you guys, I was happy to talk about Magento. It was just kind of when I see people inferring stuff that we haven't said, that's our chance to jump in and uh, right. set the record straight a little bit. Yeah. Sure. So where do you want to start? Like, can we can we kind of rewind a little bit? Magento 2 came out um, November 15th, right? 20, 2015, 17th, 2015. And, um, and uh, too much fanfare. Everybody rejoiced. Um and I think a lot of people who weren't engaged uh, in in the build of it, um, some of us have been looking at it for a long time and watching it evolve. I think a lot of people who haven't been watching it evolve evolve were um, probably had a, a lot of uh, mixed reaction. I'm seeing a lot of you know elation. People that are you know uh, on the cutting edge of what PHP open source projects are uh, are looking like these days are. are you know, elated. I think there's a lot of people who are very familiar with Magento One who are kind of, uh, uh, it's a big change for them. So I, could you kind of give us some context of uh, how we kind of wound up here? And, and um, Sure, sure. Ideas? So, yeah. I mean, I'll let Alan handle the technical bits because he's, he's way better than I am at that. Um, but I think a lot of the reaction has to do with, um, you know, some of the goals that we set and then the language that's placed around Magento Two And um, you know, some of the language around the platform goals, and we had a whole series of platform goals for Magento 2, uh, was around being able to serve um, larger merchants, right? And, you know, people take that statement and then jump to, ah, you know, Magento is shifting up market. You know, Magento is moving from what they do very well now, and they're just going to go try and uh, tackle, you know, and grab every single Oracle and IBM client. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's not the case, right? We like to say that we certainly want to provide a platform that allows uh, for our you know very successful small and mid market customers uh, to continue to grow on Magento, right? Without having to worry about performance, without having to worry about scalability issues. And so, a lot of our platform goals were focused around those scalability issues and allowing people to you know do more with less hardware and scale up under viral load uh, and so forth. But it's more of a expand up market. It is not a move market. We're not shifting focus from where we are. We're just ensuring that the platform um, can serve uh, larger merchants. Um, and then you hear about kind of well, what's the target for Magento? And if you you know have been around our sales kickoff or you know spoken with any of our sales folks, you'll hear them uh, echo the statement that uh, Magento is targeting mid market and uh, the range that we put on that is, you know, five to 75 million, right? Well, somebody goes, aha, there, there you have it right there. They're no longer focused on, uh, you know, the small merchants. And it's, 
No. Again, there's qualifiers around that statement. Um, the mid-market is where we're putting our direct sales force effort, right? We only have so many bodies and seats doing sales, and they're going after where they're spending their time is in that segment. But, of right. course, we have partners, uh, you know, something digital among them. And we have direct marketing that we do on our site, and we have mm-hmm. events, and we have every other way that we reach out uh, to, you know, prospects and try to bring them to the platform, right? So even though our sales team uh, may not be actively, you know, spending 100% of their time uh, below that 5 million mark, they are spending some of their time there. Um, but we're trying to uh, target the segments um, that allow us to do it at scale, right? So it'll be through events. It'll be through partners. Um, it'll be through direct marketing efforts and education efforts um, rather than, you know, one person going out to, you know, the $100,000 merchant and saying, hey, you know, Magento's your solution. Uh, we think it, Magento can be the solution for that. We just may not have a salesperson go out and on each and every one of those calls. Yeah. Could, could someone make the argument that Magento's been servicing that that market for the last five or six years anyway? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not even an argument you'd have to make, right? Yeah. You just look at the data <laughs> and say, well, where is Magento servicing? Well, Magento community uh, has typically been uh, merchants, you know, very aspirational sometimes, you know. They, maybe they're just figuring sure. out what they want to sell. Uh, right. So zero up to half a million uh, and then, you know, once you get a certain amount of uh, annual GMV, uh, you're going to start having different needs. And that's the point at which we think uh, a lot of merchants start looking at enterprise, right? And some don't jump uh, as early as that. Um, it just depends on their growth curve, right? If they have a very aggressive sales forecast, then maybe that's the right point to move. And we certainly have thousands of merchants that fit in that category on the enterprise side. Um, so yeah, we are we are servicing that segment from the community and from the enterprise side right now. GMV being gross merchandise volume. Yeah, uh, I was dying to ask that. Drop too many acronyms. We're in, no, that's okay. I I just I figure Kalen wouldn't know. Yeah, you were you were a hundred percent right. I was about to ask too, but I was like, it's, I have it's to ask. I have to question. have to put in one other thought too. Is that. Um, you know, uh, I know that Magento can can handle that volume because I've been I've been you know, I've been doing Magento since, well, 2000, late 2000. Before the dawn with, uh, of man. Yeah. Wait, before, uh, sorry, being sorry. If, if and only if the dawn of man was around 2008. Um, but, we, you know, I was running a, a Magento store on, you know, 1.0, 1, 1112 uh, community with, you know, almost 20 million in, in gross merchandise. So I, uh, I, I know Magento can handle that. I think the, the, the question would be, um, you know, how much can a, a merchant of, of that size, which would be considered, you know, aspirational, how much can they accomplish in Magento 2? And and is there a delta in getting up and running from what it used to be on M1 to M2 today? I don't know if that's a question for Alan. I'm going to pitch that one to Alan because he hasn't been talking as much as I have. Sure. So it's, uh, it's I find it always an interesting question. And so, like, you've been working with the Magento platform since 2008. Sure. I, I'm, I'm up front. I haven't had the same history. I've had a history of building a range of different systems. Sure. And, and one of the things that really struck me coming to Magento was just, just the whole ecosystem. You've got so many people doing different things. And you use, uh, like, a revenue tier. How good a measure is it really of what a site really needs to be able to do? You know, you get 
somebody who's got selling you know, $2 items and somebody else is selling yachts. Of course. Yeah. And, and so it, it makes it really hard in terms of doing um, performance analysis to sort of work out, well, what tier is it really? And so it, it's the easiest metric to talk about because there's so many metrics to try and work out scale. But at the same time, um, so I've, most of my career has been in high-performance computing. So I've done lots of right. different sorts of projects for um, all sorts of different government departments, which I won't mention. And it, or else he'd have to kill us. Uh, yes, but we, we, but we won't mention that on a podcast. Um, <laughs> but you can just look at it on my line on my LinkedIn profile. Yeah, blow it. Um, <laughs> but it, it's, we'll put it in the show it's, notes. It's worry. really hard to sort of quantify and simply say this revenue tier. This is how much hardware you need. Full stop. Because you've got you know, what terms, what extensions you've got. You now, if it, if it's a SaaS connector, well, is that SaaS service going to slow you down? Uh, how many items are going to have? There's there's so many different things that impact performance. It, it's just a really really hard thing to come up with a very simple answer for. And so you you give guides, you give um, you give the best pitch you can. But I always sort of get worried when somebody sort of says, "Oh, well, I'm 20 million. I'm just going to use that figure, and that's going to be me." It's just the reality is it's not quite that simple, guys. It's, right. So for your site, you did it well with Magento 1. Well, we're putting even more performance into it based on – and a lot of the things we're doing is based on feedback we've got from the community. Like we didn't just make up a whole lot of random stuff. Right. We got a whole lot of feedback and said, hey, Varnish is working really well for people. Great. Let's bake it in so nobody has to worry about configuring it and we'll worry about the security aspects. We'll make sure it's all slick. We'll just bake that in. Um, sharding the database yeah well we can see how that's going to th- improve throughput for those sites that have really really high um, checkout loads or they have very high right. catalog loads and you want to make sure it doesn't impact is it an issue for all customers no it's not an issue for all customers but there is a percentage of the market who need that sort of facility and so no, we're putting in things that based on needs that we hear not every feature is for every single customer so I don't know if I've quite answered the question, but it's it's a really tricky one to answer clearly and yeah, succinctly. Yeah. I mean, I, and I have to say, I I, I sort of like uh, you know that um, I don't know if the, the the fact I think in broad strokes the fact that you guys are pricing on revenue tiers is is, is public without going into what those numbers are. Um, uh, is that correct? Is that public? That's public. That is public. public. Yeah. Okay. So I would just say I actually like. That I think because you know before it was based on the number of servers you had and um, you know like Alan like you're saying like yeah revenue isn't a perfect approximation but I actually kind of like that I think it's uh, uh, you know it's not perfect but it's a, a sort of a better approximation of of wh- how much value Magento's uh, delivering for a merchant and whereas when you price on servers you know I, I've talked to people before they run into weird edge cases where they have a test server or they have different you know servers for different things that they scale up and down and you can get into weird uh, pricing things so from that perspective I, I like I think it's a I, I think it's a good move towards that as a as a as a pricing uh, tier uh, differentiation and the new model is much more cloud friendly you want lots yes, of small is. nodes go for it. We don't really care. And it just solves that problem completely, which is the whole yeah. direction everybody's going. So it's the old licensing we knew. It wasn't cloud-friendly. We had to fix it. Yeah. 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 Pricing yeah. is an art, right? The, uh, I mean, if you, if you want to talk to the, uh, the savant of pricing, you know, you'll, you'll want to have Ben Presley on. Um, but right. there was tons of analysis and external consultants brought in um, to really validate what models are out there what uh, models merchants were looking for because we recognized that, you know, the per server uh, was an issue. Uh, And so, you know, we arrived at the revenue 
years as a means to address that and get out of people's way for the, that they wanted to scale on the cloud. Right. I mean, just to, if I can, if I could kind of bring back to what the question that I was asking, which is uh, just to not get away from it because I don't want to forget the the I, I think the question is uh, for someone, let's say that's doing. Uh, uh, someone that's at the lower end of what would be considered a middle market, if, if they don't have a dedicated developer team, um, but maybe they're the kind of person who got a lot of work done on M1 with, you know, purchase themes and that sort of thing, how much can they accomplish today on Magento 2? Is the feature set comparable for them to be able to purchase themes, for them to be able to purchase, you know, plugins and things and get, and get you know, up and running without necessarily needing to have a developer on hand? Um, or even just get it installed without, you know, being terribly savvy. I think that's the question. Um, sure, and and you know, just like Magento One, uh, you know, took time to build up. I think the the story is true on Magento Two, um, sure. especially when you consider our goal around launching Marketplace was not, hey, let's port over all of the extensions and connect, even the ones that never have a single download, except for the developer that uploaded them. Um, right. right. The goal is merchants can't separate the good from the bad in the current connect, right? And we tried to use, um, you know, typical marketplace features like popularity scores and ratings and reviews to provide that guidance. And unfortunately, you know, there's money to be made, which means there's uh, baddies in, in the woodwork there. And they figure out how to game um, those systems, right? And so marketplace uh, was conceived... Or did we lose Still you? Still there. I think we lost. Especially merchants oh. that don't have in-house development teams, they're looking to <coughs> marketplace to solve real problems. They're looking uh, to buy an extension. Uh, they're looking to purchase a theme, and they just want it right. to. They want to be able to just install it and have it work, right? So Magento two, for an example, now has this extension conflict checking concept. Uh, when you go to install it, uh, it's going to check uh, if these this extension conflicts with any. Uh, or classes, and if it does, it's going to alert you to that part of you installing mm-hmm. it. Uh, having a standalone installer is also uh, a measure to protect you know, the smaller merchants uh, from installing an extension directly from Connect and having their production instance blow up because there was some conflict. Right. So now we have the standalone installer, so uh, that's not possible, and we alert people prior to doing that. And then the natural corollary to that then is obviously we launch Marketplace, and we're now going to have scanning of all extensions that get in. Um, so, you know, are there 8,000 extensions in, in Marketplace at launch? No, the, the focus is going to be on quality, and we're going to force every single extension to pass those quality checks, to pass those security checks, um, to pass checks for code plagiarism uh, so that we can protect the IP of the extension developers and right. give merchants the confidence that everything that's there is quality, everything that's there is going to work for the most part out of the box, you know, and if there is a conflict, we're going to alert you prior to installing it, right? So we're very specifically putting effort, technology effort around solving that problem for those merchants, right? And inventory is going to build up over time. Uh, you know, I, there will be hundreds at launch um, and I think as the quality goes up, the average selling price can go up uh, for those extension developers and that's just going to attract uh, more quality to the marketplace and more options uh, for those merchants looking for solutions. So it's it's kind of like looking at Magento uh, in you know early two thousand eight where there wasn't a Connect marketplace where there wasn't those those things didn't exist yet and looking at that and saying this can't meet my needs 
it's probably just it's still early days of what uh, of of what you called it inventory. It's it's the the types of features or possibly marketplace, uh, you know, having a having a, a strong list of uh, trusted extensions and themes yeah. and providers that will build up over time, and so that's not a complaint. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So it's the only thing I'd say to that is it's it's not one hundred percent analogous, right? It's not two thousand eight sure, when there's no, 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 no connect. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, early yeah, there is, connect yeah. launch where there's hundreds there and the quality is good uh, before the riffraff comes in and starts uh, trying to game the system, right? Um, when you look at the distribution of downloads in connect, you can see it, you see a very head and torso uh, focused distribution, right? Um, sure. The top 100 downloads represent over a third of overall downloads. Um, gotcha. So, you know, if you, we don't have to have 5,000 to solve merchants' needs. Um, that said, the strength of Magento is this ultimate flexibility and customizability. And so, you know, yes, we, we hope to build up large numbers in there, but everything that's going to be there needs to be quality first before it gets listed. Yeah. Our, as, as a, yeah. The thing that I just wanted to qualify that we kind of kicked this off with was uh, some people got some heartburn over something that I said on Reddit. Um, and so just to kind of come back to what I was saying, what I was, what I was saying is that if your chief complaint about Magento 2 is that well, the just back extension, up a little bit, explain what the Reddit thread was. So the Reddit thread was, uh, someone says, uh, it was entitled, my main reason not to switch to Magento 2 is the extension prices. Everything that I see starts from 250 to $500 and it's impossible to explain that to my clients. Right. And my, you know, my, my... My response was, if your main complaint in an e-commerce platform is that you don't want to spend a couple thousand dollars in extensions that run your whole business, then maybe that platform isn't right for you. In this case, Magento, if, if you don't feel like you can get the value out of the box and you don't want to spend any money, then maybe the thing that's in the box isn't the right thing for you. Um, and Kalen had some interesting stuff to say about that. I would, before Kalen reiterates his thoughts, I would kind of like to turn it over to you or Alan, Paul, so one of you, if you want to kind of field that that thought process. So you want us to make your argument stronger before Kalen gives us a rebuttal? <laughs> um, okay, fine. Kalen, give us the rebuttal. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, so my thing was, uh, so, so I mean, you, what you said is, look, if you're not willing to spend a couple hundred bucks per extension, Magento isn't right for you. And my thing was, well, we know for a fact Magento is right for them because they're a current Magento user. Um, now you could make the argument that, well, there's some people using Magento that probably it's not a fit for, they're just using it for the wrong reason, I guess would, would be the argument there. Um, but Which is, by, by the way, that's your argument. Like 50 episodes ago was, was if I have a four, it's the reason why you don't want to use Magento for our merch store for, for this podcast. It's, I have four SKUs. Do I need the power of Magento? Yeah, and I still yeah, my- and I still feel that way. If you're just starting out, you got four SKUs, you don't even know what you're going to sell. You just want to test something out. You know, you maybe you use a platform that 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 doesn't have much flexibility or power to it, but you can just get something up and throw some some products up and start selling. But if for somebody that I think that's for somebody that's already using been using Magento, and let's assume they've been using it for several years now. I'm not sure exactly why I made that assumption about this guy. I just sort of did because I figure if somebody's looking at Magento 2 now and they're on Magento 1, they've probably been on Magento 1 for a while. Then I just I see that as a little different. Like they were already they're already in the platform, they're in the ecosystem. 
And, you know, they're used to a certain price point. I mean, look, I'm an extension developer, so I don't necessarily have problems with higher priced extensions. <laughs> uh, I think that's a good thing. And there is a certain, I mean, I think, I don't, I, I can't remember if it was uh, Paul or Alan or somebody tweeted that, you know, they thought maybe the, the piracy and things like that are artificially have lowered prices and really they should be much higher than they, than they are in Magento 1. And so, um, I mean, I think that's a good thing if we can get prices up. And of course, if you have an extension that really pulls its weight, really does some important things, um, then certainly a few hundred bucks. I mean, my lifetime value for some of my stores that are up closer to the million, two, three million range is, is much higher than even a couple hundred bucks. So, um, so, so I get that, but I think at the same time, it's, it's an interesting thing to say, well, Magento 2 is not right for you, even though you're using Magento 1. And the reason I think is interesting is not just because of that one post and that one person, that one thread, but I think that's sort of a microcosm of a segment of the ecosystem that's going to say, hey, I'm using Magento 1 now. I'm familiar with it. I'm familiar with certain price points, certain uh, code complexity. Do I make the jump or not? And, I, and what he was saying was, I'm not going to make the jump. I'm going to just stick with Magento 1. And so I, I, just, I think that's an interesting. Um, yeah, it's the Windows XP is doing it for me. Why do I need, you know, <laughs> why do I need uh, Windows ME? Right. That's the question. And, yeah. Um, I think one thing it's a personal prediction, and I could be completely wrong, but you know, one thing I think will happen is once the, the, the marketplace is launched, you'll. Everybody needs to sort of start recouping some of their expenses early on. This is just normal for software. This has nothing to do about us in particular. And what you frequently see is over time when people sort of saying and they, they know the rate of sales and they, they get more data and you get a bit more competition going on, you, you often see market pressure pushing prices yep. down. Yeah. And so I wouldn't be at all surprised if in six months' time, you, you won't see the same prices. People will know the sales volume. They'll know all of this data, and so they'll be able to make informed decisions. Yeah. But it's easy yeah. to drop a price and to raise a price. Sure. So, sure. so let, me, let me chime in here, and I, I think I'm going to be evil and, and not settle this dispute and rather let you guys mod wrestle over it at, at some point, I'd imagine. Um, I think the people answer is pay, some, people would pay to see that. I mean, they would. I mean, I'd pay. Sure. I'd pay just for the That's privilege 100%. to wrestle you in some mud. I, Weird yeah. people, but people. <laughs> people in Vegas. There's a segment of people yes. in Vegas That's that are. <laughs> um, I think the answer is somewhere in between, guys. Right. Um, one very specific conversation I remember was with a merchant um, when I was visiting down in LA, and he said, "Look, I bought this extension. I paid 500 bucks for it, but the truth is." I'd pay 5000 if I knew this thing was yep. out of the box. Yeah. Right? And I've heard that repeated over and over and over again. It, because he had an in-house development team, he had to put that team against checking it for security, against checking it for quality, yeah. against checking if it could do what it said it could do. Yeah. Right? Because the marketplace signals weren't strong enough and Connect wasn't providing any of those checks up front. So I think there's a willingness on part of a lot of merchants to pay more for an extension that can just plug and go. Right. And will we ever get 100% there out of the box? No, I think it's going to evolve over time. But I think there's some yeah. percent that we can get into that realm. And that makes it much more easier for somebody to think of the full installation, not just the purchase, but the purchase and installation right. and management and working of that uh, extension, which I think will drive a higher average selling point, point. That's obviously one of our goals in the Connect Marketplace is to help support those extension developers get a fair value. Um, I think Alan's also right that, you know, as there's competition in the marketplace, 
um, you know, people will have to price it accordingly. Um, so you, you have to demonstrate superior value um, if there's a competing product, right? And that, that will be a natural part of what happens yeah. uh, when Connect builds up, you know, 10 different extensions in each specific subcategory. Yeah. Right. No, and this is why it would yeah. be a complete uh, disaster if, if the marketplace didn't launch at Imagine, right? This is absolutely correct. Yes. Wow. I'll be updating yeah. my resume if, if that. <laughs> no, I'm I, I'm trying to trap you into into to revealing something, but I, my Sorry. my feeling is that it can't come soon enough. Uh, you know, we're we're dying for it. We'd love. Well, to, we'd I think love there's also it. a lack of awareness that there's already you know several hundred that are out there on the listed on the Connect page, right? So it's yeah, not that that's true. It's yeah. not that they're not there. It's probably people are waiting for this thing. Uh, you know, that we haven't uh, pulled the wraps off yet, getting very close there, um, you know, and, and perhaps they don't realize that the extensions are there. So it's like, if you're in that boat, reach out to us, you know, ask for that extension. We'll make sure we can either point you directly to it. We can tell you that it's coming soon because we've confirmed that with that extension developer, or we're going to go pester that extension developer and say, hey, we got a bunch of people asking for this mm -hmm. right? and, and kind of use that market evidence uh, for them to, yeah. to get motivated. Um, but I think there's there's one important point of of um, what Philip said that is correct, right? Which is there's people that want to do things on the cheap, right? And there's doing it on the cheap, and then there's doing it right. Um, you know, do you, you sure you can get two dollar a month hosting, but does it give you the flexibility, the response time, the support that you need? Mm -hmm. um, right. Same goes for extensions, right? Are you sure you want that? Uh, $10 extension uh, that, you know, was cobbled together as a class project versus, you know, the one from Fu Man that, you know, has some, you know, uh, long tenure and history behind and some support yeah. behind. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. And actually, I, I, lo I love what you said. Um, I think that as I'm thinking through the example for this guy, this Magento One guy, I think, I think, and I think probably what people do is they're going to, they're going to see, you feel a little sticker shock. Right. It's kind of like when you when you're used to iPhone app prices and you look at iPad app prices and they're like 10x and you're like, whoa, I think they're going to feel a little sticker shock. They're going to sit back a little bit. But then, you know, worst uh, best case scenario, if they if it really turns out everything works the way it's supposed to and, and, and extensions are much more stable, they're much more cross compatible and they go because they're familiar with the headaches of. Magento one extension ecosystem issues. So yep. they're going to go, Oh, wait a sec. It costs, you know, it costs 300 bucks instead of 50 bucks, but I don't have to get a developer involved and I, and it's going to work nicely with my other extensions. And Oh, by the way, I'm only going to need, you know, five or six extensions instead of, you know, 20 or 30. Um, then maybe that, you know, it takes them a little while to warm up to it. And then they eventually go, okay, I'm willing to spend the money because I see the value in it. Um, and, and they, you know, they say, oh, it's not going to, it's not going to break my store. Things are more stable. Uh, there's less to worry about. You know, hopefully that's the way things kind of work out. Yeah. And the other, the other thing with the, the central marketplace was, um, you know, patch releases are going to be a lot more seamless. You know, if you want to get a patch out and apply the patch, you know, Magenta 2, it is a much nicer experience. And it's going to become clearer as people get to use the, the, the true um, marketplace to download and get these patches, you know. It's not a, oh, is this a terrifying event? Is it going to work or not? That sometimes right. happens with Magento 1. 
No. Yeah. You just download the thing. And the other sort of area that I think is just emerging now is you're getting you know, more offers like, you know, GoDaddy have got their new pricing plans to get you know, low-cost pre-built environments up and going that you can use as a starting point to add some extensions to. I, I think there's a whole lot of things that all just happen to be you know, coming together right now. And uh, no, I really think it is going to be an inflection point where we turn things around a lot for Magento too. I think a lot of exciting things coming up. MageTalk is brought to you in part by MageMail. MageMail is the triggered email app for Magento. You can be up and running in minutes, and there's a no-risk-free trial. Get your customers coming back to your website. You can start today by visiting MageMail online at magemail.co. Nexus is the leader in secure and scalable Magento hosting, offering up to 12 times the performance of any other host. Thanks to our sponsor, Nexus, they will offer our MageTalk listeners one free month of shared Magento hosting by using the code MAGEHOST. To claim that offer today, go to nexus.net slash MageTalk before the 18th of April, just after Magento Imagine 2016, and claim it by using the offer MAGEHOST for one free month of hosting. But I have to, I have to wonder to myself too that um, there's a lot of. I'm sorry, I'm going to take a little bit of a turn here. There's a lot of conversation um, that has been had uh, in the build up to Magento 2, uh, things like 20% faster time to market, that sort of thing. Um, and I think when you look at the extension developers who on social have been saying it's a bigger investment from their part, um, and it, it. it and then you you see those same extension developers say that, well, over the long term, those extensions are probably going to cost more, although I understand the market force argument. And I, lo- I love that. I love that argument, Alan, by the way, um, because I don't remember what extension prices were back in 2009, but whatever. Um, so my I don't know that that jives with the Magento message that it's 20 percent faster time to market if you have, you know, more than one extension developer saying it's taking them longer. Is that just because nobody was engaged in social and nobody was so vocal about it in their original ramp up on this platform? Is it always, it's always a big investment when you ramp up on a new platform. Could anyone speak to that? Alan, you want to take that? One? <laughs> yeah, sure. No problem. I'm just letting Paul go first if he wants to. So in terms of, um, no, obviously moving to any, any change costs people more. And yeah. I don't want to underplay their sort of, you know, that their experiences, but we've put a lot of work into this to worry about problems to resolve issues like the, the upgrade costs. Now, we want people to be able to install patches, to move forward. To, like We can constantly hear stories around, you know, somebody's on Magento 1 and they don't want to move to anything new. They don't want to get the new thing because it's too expensive to move. Well, guess what? You know, you can solve those problems. And a lot of that is what the input into Magento 2 has been, is to make the, the infrastructure possible to allow people to move forward. It was a major platform goal. Well, yes, you've got to do things a bit different. Yes, there are more rules. It's less, a little bit of just do whatever you like, you know. No, you can't do class rewrites anymore. You're not allowed to just replace that class. And, of course, if two people tries to do the same class rewrite, no, it breaks, and you've got to get a system integrator in to merge the two changes. I mean, no, we're not doing that sort of stuff. And so there is a little bit of pushing the quality onto the extension developer. I, I would say that partly it's learning. 
but partly there are a few more rules, but the, the, the person who wins is the merchant because it's a heck of a lot cheaper that extension developer putting the effort in once than every single solution partner trying to get these different extensions working together for every single merchant. Right. And so the whole ecosystem does win as a result. The price does go down for merchants as a result because you do the effort once. Right. That's a little bit of sort of um, ivory tower, so to speak, yeah, to some extent, but, but I actually truly do believe it. I think that I, I could actually accept that there are some things that are more sophisticated than Magento too, but it's the end result is lower cost for merchants. And yeah. ultimately, yeah. that's what you've got to drive for. Yeah, I think people need to reframe to that kind of three-year view, right? I've had numerous conversations with merchants, right? And the vast majority of them spend, you know, maybe three years in between Magento versions, right? Think of the value that they're missing out on, especially as we move to multiple releases per year, right? More chances to take features uh, and not get stranded because a lot of times people are, you know, customizing their instance on Magento 1 and then they become an island because uh, they can't imagine the, the cost and complexity of, of jumping to a newer rev. And I know far too many merchants that are in that category, right? And so, as Alan said, Magento 2 was architected to make sure that uh, upgrades between versions, you know, <laughs> don't feel like a replatform, uh, right. you know, as they do sometimes in Magento 1. Um, and, and, you know, so part of this is, you know, it's a bit like certification. Um, we have data points and we can make estimates now, but we really are working with limited data points, right? Uh, right. We do know there's some things that just make common sense, right, when you think about it. The automated test framework, how much is that going to accelerate development efforts uh, when people have uh, automated test coverage um, and when they go through and add uh, new extensions or make new customizations or upgrade we just see that compounding effect over multiple years um, such that we could make a statement that we think it's going to be 20% faster. Um, but that's, you know, that's going to be updated uh, as we get more and more data points, right? And if it's 10%, we'll come out and say that. If it's 25%, we'll come out and say that. Um, you know, so we're, we are working with limited data points right now. Um, but fundamentally, we do believe we've made, you know, changes in the architecture that allow us to back up those statements. And when, when we talk about 20% faster, you know, time to build or whatever that number is, is that, uh, does that need to be normalized for like once you, you know, let's say once you've been doing Magento 2 for a year, then you'll be at that faster time. Um, is it a little bit apples and oranges to say, hey, this is your first Magento 2 project out of the gate. It's not going to be 20% faster than your last Magento 1 project you've been doing. Yeah, Josh Magento Warren from Creativity seems to think that it's, it's, it is. He's, he's already talking about it on Twitter. I think well, when you're engaged with a project over well, a long period of time, you're going to feel you're going to get efficiencies out of being good at it and doing it over and over. Yeah, I, and I saw that one. I retweeted or responded to him on yeah. that one. But I think yeah. that was also that's a single data point. He did a project. He, you know, made an estimate and said, oh, wow, this feels, you know, I did it in eight weeks versus 10 weeks, right? So, you know, right. there will be somebody else that comes out and says, uh, it was nine weeks instead of 10 weeks, right? And yeah, are people going to know more? Certainly, they're going to know more a, a year from now uh, than when they're fresh out of their Magento 2 training classes, right? Sure. Everybody's going to sure. have a certain number of builds under their belt to, to really build up reliable estimates. Um, you know, I remember back when we were doing the tech forums, uh, we kind of had thrown out this goal of, can we say it's going to be 
can we say it's going to be easier and faster? And, you know, got a lot of feedback from, from, from folks, you know, pros and cons, right? Like saying, I think merchants really need that. Um, the SIs were saying, no, no, you can't say that. Um, and, and so we have to kind of work our way. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't say less hours. Don't say less bubble hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not going to, we're not going to, you know, force the issue and say, no merchants, you should go back and specifically cite this and beat them with this statistic. It's, you know, it's going to vary right, by right, right. Um, partner and you, you know, you should trust your partner and the estimates that they give you. Right. I would say it's a great opportunity right now to, to get that data point when, uh, I mean, just selfishly, um, right now, in the Magento One space, you know, having worked it from an SI, at, or I work for an SI, our systems integrators, uh, for those who aren't uh, familiar with the acronym. So, you know, right now, when we're talking about Magento Two, it's like, well, you know, we want to do, you know, we, we had a standard build, and the standard build had a whole bunch of, you know, work that we'd built up over the years. And, you know, there's a lot of expectations, like, well, I want Ajax you know, add to cart. Well, that's a thing that already exists in Magento 2 now. I don't need to put work into it, right? And I don't need to, you know, it's it's already there. So, yeah, that comes out. Now, there's other things that don't exist yet, like, you know, Ajax layered navigation. Um, that might be a thing that the client really wants. We'll ultimately have to build that for them because there isn't, a, you know, a Catalan uh, module that we use, like, for M1. I'm sure that's coming for M2, but you know, there, there are things that I think we'll, we'll mm-hmm. carve out of projects because we know that they're not things that we would execute on right now. So I, I do think it's a really nice time right now to do Magento 2 because it's very clear and defined what we can do easily and what would take work. Um, now, as time goes on, we'll, we'll be expected to have to be able to do everything that we can do on M1. Uh, but right now is a great time because you can, sort of, you can sort of rely on the constraints of what the platform can do right now. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. I guess what I'm saying is we're lazy and we don't want to build stuff. So if it can't be done in Magento out of box, then it's not going to be done. Well, um, what, what you mean to say is it's going to build up over time as you do individual projects, right? Exactly. You're yeah, going to build yeah. up that base build and the merchant yeah. that comes second or third or fourth is going to be the beneficiary of the merchant that went first. Yeah, of course. But Phil, are you saying that, for example, let's say that the, the Ajax layered navigation, which I'm assuming is something you probably like to do for all your clients, uh, you know, in Magento One world, like it's just like, yeah, we, it's yeah, just we, a standard. We, we consider it to be a best practice. It's a best practice. So yeah, it's in, a best practice. So and, and we would. So then, for your Magento Two client, you say, "Hey, we're doing Magento Two. We're doing something new. It's bleeding edge." You'd say, "Hey, look, guys, we're just we're not. You're not going to get the Ajax layered nav right now. It's just not." It's not worth a bang for the buck for you. So you're going to get some of the niceties of Magento 2, some of the stuff that would have been better under Magento 1. You're just not going to get that right now. And we'll get that later once these extensions come out. We'll plug it in for you, and it'll be great. I mean, technically, I I probably wouldn't even bring it up because I don't want anyone to feel like they're lacking anything. Yeah. Um, But I would say say that, you know, uh, that is one of those things that will come a little bit later. Now, that doesn't say that other people aren't already doing this on Magento 2. I, one of the merchant beta sites, I think built by Cora, uh, was Alcatel. Alcatel has that feature out of box, mm-hmm. right? So for us, it's I'm not I'm using that one example as a as a as sure. a, a placeholder for you know X, Y, or Z yeah. feature that you may want. That some things are worth the dev effort, yeah. right? Yeah. Some things are not worth the dev effort. For us, we probably will spend a lot of time on integrations, ERP integrations, that sort of thing. That may not be that may not be important for another type of a client, you know. Yeah. Um, the yeah. types of the types of companies we work for 
are are very reliant on their ERP, their CRM. You know, they're they have you know marketing automation. There's you know we rely a lot on on those sorts of things, and so integrations happen to be a large part of our, our builds. Um, right. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that makes that's sense. kind of where we are today. Yeah, that makes. Yeah. The other option, right, is if the merchant doesn't want to pay for it, but you know this shows up in every single build. Uh, you can come to Magento and say, Magento, you know, this is a feature that I see in every single uh, RFP. Um, is this something that you would want for the platform? Just like we did with Visual Merchandiser, right? It can be innovation right. that we outsource uh, to our partners who are very familiar yeah. with uh, the platform, right? We could, we could buy this, roll it into the platform, right? You develop it for that specific client, but we, we cover your costs and uh, plus some profit, and uh, then everybody else benefits from that. That was beautiful. Could you say that one? So basically, could you no, say- he needs to slow down. I'm writing this down in an email to my ownership. Right now. This is say- a message for every single no, extension developer you. and every SI. Right? We we Did- have purchased uh, innovation in the past, right? In the form of the sure. responsive uh, web design theme, in the form of the visual merchandising uh, module. Uh, you know, we will do it in the future because you know why have an amazing. Uh, community of uh, extension developers and SIs and not leverage the innovation that they're doing. Uh, you're, you're not helping, Paul, by the way. Kalen's, uh, his his grand theory from episode 88 was uh, that you'll announce strategic, strategic acquisitions at Imagine. So you're, you're, you're feeding very much right helping. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, <laughs> that episode hasn't launched yet because we're like 17 episodes behind right oh, now. Give me a break. And this will um, happen after Imagine, so I can't give you guys <laughs> that. That is awesome. Is that now, is there, is that a, I mean, is that sort of a formal, you know, program or is there a place people can go for information on that? Or basically they just say, hey, if they have something innovative, they can hit you up about it and try to sell you guys on the idea that it's, that it'd be worth your time to invest in it. Yeah, well, we don't have a landing page like, you know, venturecapital.magento.com, um, you know, but we have contacts, right? So if you're a, if you're a partner, you know, you may yeah. have a channel development manager. If That's you're awesome. A developer. Right. You have contacts in our growth team. Um, right. But he's welcome to pass me something on Twitter or hit, my, hit up my email. Um, we, we love seeing the innovation. Sometimes it's not something that's common enough. And so we say, hey, love the idea. Um, you know, put it in the marketplace or love the idea, you know, maybe we can help promote it, but it's not something we would purchase. Um, other times we look and say, oh my God, that, that is plugging this big hole in the roadmap, um, you know, and we can accelerate and deliver features sooner with just some uh, investment of dollars up front. So that's awesome. And there's, an, there's another side to this as well. Um, once we get the marketplace up and got that out of the way and it's live, it's also going to give us much better insights into you know, what extensions are there right. and where are the gaps. And we can use that data then to feed back to the community and sort of say, hey, we see some gaps in this area. And so actually help extension developers work out what extensions they should be building. So it's... Hey, there you go. That's yeah. great. That's great. Um, yeah, and that, by the way, you, you framed that perfectly because I thought you were going to say, and then we can provide those features in platform and take all your business away, <laughs> extension developers. Um, because that would have really sold us on it if you said we, that. We, <laughs> don't, we don't have enough bodies to build everything that needs to get built, right? Magento is a platform. It will always yep. be a platform. It'll yep. never be a 100% complete solution. 
nor should it be, right? We're, we're better. And to- it's always going to be a partner play. I mean, I've seen, you know, there's nothing about sort of saying, oh, we're just going to do it all in-house. We're going to forget the community. Yeah. No, that, that's that's not Magento. No, it, it is all about partnerships. You know, we put a lot of time and effort into getting this marketplace right because it is one of the pillars of helping the community, the extension developer community and the low end of the community don't do a good job. Um, no, it is core to what we're doing and a lot of the strategies we've got, you know, trying to reduce extension conflicts. Well, we put so much time into it to make it easier for people to build extensions without conflicts. Right. If, if it was just us, we wouldn't have bothered. And we can, we can right. resolve our own conflicts ourselves. Thank you very right. much. Right. So you know, we're investing a lot of money into it. Right. So one thing I'm really curious about is whether there are any other software projects or uh, open source projects or businesses that you've, you've looked to maybe as an example for a big V1 to V2 transition. Obviously, anytime you're doing a V2 transition, uh, particularly with the kind of ecosystem that Magento has, there's so many moving parts. There's the, you know, so many chicken and egg situations with the extension marketplace and you got to sell your partners on the vision and you've got to figure out timelines for phasing out, you know, V1 and all those types of things and end of life timelines. Is there any software project you look to as an example that handled that transition well, not only in terms of the software, but in terms of the ecosystem and everything else? <laughs> I wish I said it. I wish I could say I had the perfect uh, case study on that one. Um, we, we certainly look across the, the industries, um, and more often than not, it's things that have been done wrong, right? So, right. <laughs> you know, the decision to, uh, you know, provide a very short window for end of life and kind of force people over, we didn't think. I think we just lost yeah. you for a sec, Paul. Probably going to come back here in a sec. Value build up in Magento 2 in terms of core features, in terms of uh, extensions and themes in the marketplace uh, and the marketplace itself. Um, and so, you know, we... We made a decision there to provide that uh, what we thought was generous three-year window. Yeah, and you know, there's there's other learnings that are, are certainly out there. I think we can do a better job about um, posting end of life dates. You know, a la the uh, the PHP site. Um, you know, when is something in a full support versus security versus end of life? Um, I don't think Magento's done a good job. Um, I'll take the blame for that one. Uh, and and that's information that we have to be better about sharing. So certainly, well, you could always just be like Mailchimp and give everybody two months. <laughs> <laughs> you were real happy about that one. So I was yeah. really happy about that. Uh, yeah. Kalen never f- misses an opportunity to grind that out. You know, like he just would be grinded out for years to come. Um, <laughs> no, that's. Yeah. I think there's also an architectural aspect to it, and you know, I'll talk about personal aspiration and, and certainly what's in my mind when I'm looking at all these features going forward, which is um, I think Magento 1 said, we're going to lock things down for a long time and you know, give absolute stability to people. And a lot, a lot of these things are sort of like, how far do you go? Because if you do that too much, the platform can get left behind. And so you've got to find this right balance between keeping the platform ticking over and getting new features into the platform as you go and making sure that, you, you know, you don't fall too far behind. Uh, right. But I would rather have multiple small incremental steps from here on. Like not saying we're going to have perfect backwards compatibility forever, but instead helping the platform to evolve with the rest of the market and avoid any such big jump ever again. That, that's certainly my personal ambition. Yeah, I think that's why Magento 2, uh, Magento Go version 2 makes so much sense. 
Um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> by the way, there, there. I have That's a your authority pet theory, that, right? That's your pet theory. No. Yeah, I, I don't think that that'll be announced anytime soon. But you know, um, that's uh, the strategic acquisition. You guys, uh, that's one of your strategic acquisition. I'm just kidding. That's just terrible things to joke about. Um, yeah, I, I see what you're saying, Alan. My my, you know, my hope is to see much more frequent, um, much more frequent uh, uh, update to the platform, not just in feature set, but you know, continued improvement from you know performance and scalability. Point of view, and I think we're already seeing that. We already have two dot releases, and in, inside of five months, that's more than I can say about you know Magento one. Um, I, I don't usually those things were just to plug uh, to plug up uh, uh, really egregious uh, issues. Um, so I, I I think it's already evident, and I see continued work in GitHub, and you know, it seems like you guys are heads down. So I yeah, and, I, and, I share that ambition with you. And the, the patch release frequency, I, I'm only expecting to get you know, shorter and shorter cycles. And this is where all the test automation comes in and pays because yeah. you can afford to release more rapidly. I mean, there's a real cost in releasing a patch. We've, oh, got yeah. to, we've got to test it. And the more we can get that test cost down, no, we can get something fixed and rolled out quicker. So there's a whole lot of things, and it's just going to be this ongoing, continual refinement. I'm, I'm a big believer in continual improvement. Just get a bit better the next time around. And great, great. Can you do a bit better again? And just continually just edge away at it rather than trying to get too big a jump. Yeah. Uh, big jumps are just painful. I think there's there's also a notion of kind of getting the layers right and different stability, right? So Magento 1 was that monolithic block, right? You disable this one module and suddenly, you know, three other areas uh, stop working, um, right? So we've made the code base more modular in two, but we've also, you know, pushed things down to that kind of lowest platform level and and tried to build, uh, you know, the modules on top of that. And we've also taken some pains, although I think we still have a, a ways to go, um, allowing people to bring their own technology, right? Specifically, front end comes to mind, right? In the in the course of this podcast, there's probably been three JavaScript frameworks launched, um, <laughs> and two of them have already end of life. Um, yeah. You know, so like, how do you provide? How do we not get in the way of of folks? Um, right. I think we can uh, do some more steps in this area um, to allow the front end devs to just go off to the races uh, with, with their own framework and, and yeah. not saddle them with the technology choice that we've made. How can well, we empower JavaScript developers to create more JavaScript frameworks? I think that's the question that <laughs> we need to ask. Well, it's interesting stuff. because I, it, in, in some ways, this really is a brave new world where things are, are accelerated. We are seeing, you know, that is a joke, but it's a joke because it's, it's funny because it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, We've not talked about it on this podcast, but, you know, that emergent world and that that high adoption, that quick adoption mentality in front end operations and front end ops uh, is also dangerous in that we've seen uh, uh, last week, you know, like tens of thousands of um, of uh, uh, builds were breaking people with front end operations because, you know, someone unpublished a package that was depended on by like 10,000 mainline projects in the JavaScript community. So I I I. While I love the fact that you that you're taking feedback from the community, and I hate the idea of you of you developing IP that I have to learn and I can't just use the thing that I already know how to use, I really understand the the need for Magento framework, Magento Lib, right? Magento, you know, a Magento centric way of doing something because it's the same argument that I would make for on premise versus SaaS solution. You have ultimate control. You have you have. Uh, 
the ability to control the destiny of that product and control the outcomes. Uh, whereas when you're developing, you know, when you're required JS is now a hard dependency for you, and what happens if that goes away? Yeah, um, and, so. and the, a lot of the original purposes podcast is talking about being: Are we going enterprise only? Well, no. Um, and what we're doing is we're making sure we've still got a built-in environment, so you can just spin up a store, buy an extension, install right. it, and it works. And you don't need to know any tools. And that, that's always going to be a requirement that we have. I mean, that is for the bottom end of the market. We're not walking away from that at all. And it, it does right. add a challenge. So it's, it, to me, architecturally, again, it's all about modularity. It's all about putting clearer walls between things because you've got to be able to plug and play a lot more. That's just, just If you do those things, if you can succeed in those things, you know, the whole platform becomes a lot more flexible. And you don't have to say, Oh, we're going to let go of that. You know, we're going to give up on those people, and we're only going to go after this different market segment instead. Now, if you can get it modular, you can go after both of them. Right, and and really, Magento Two will be able to make Magento great again. I mean, which oh god, <laughs> I had to, I had to. Um, la- <laughs> I la- believe it. <laughs> last uh, last question. Greater. I, <laughs> greater. Last question I had was: um, Do you guys have any uh, ideas for your next release date? Your next start release date? I do, <laughs> but you're not going to tell us. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, guys. Are you, it was great. Are you to trying have to go you. for the Imagine spoiler, <laughs> you know, even though no, this is no. coming out after Imagine. No, this is not. It's not going out after Imagine. It'll be out before. Before. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That changes everything. Now I gotta decide do yeah. I want to burst bubbles now? Um the no, don't. one release uh is happening uh at the end of April. Okay. All right. Awesome. So one last question uh for you all. We have a, a lot of people uh that listen to the show. Um, you know, some are varied, some kind of some are checking out Magento for the first time. Um you know, this is an opportunity for you to kind of get something out there. Is there anything that you would like to tell a first time Magento? early adopter or Magento uh, first-time adopter? What's what's something that... Uh, a first-time Magento 2 person or an early Magento 1 adopter? Uh, yeah, uh, No, just a Magento adopter, uh, a new Magento, newcomer to Magento. I think there's a lot of people who check out our podcast because they're checking out Magento as a platform. Right. And so you kind of an, have an opportunity to kind of pitch yourself uh, in the marketplace. I don't know if, Paul, you want to take that opportunity now. I will, but I was going to let Alan go first since he's been so nice letting me go first. Okay. <laughs> I would say that, um, and it just, we've got a talk, for example, as a, you know, a couple of the junior engineers are going to be in the bar camp session. They're going to be talking about um, our vagrant box and an easy way to you know, spin up a GoDaddy node, do some changes, get it, uh, buy it off the marketplace, spin it up. And no, we're working on that low end of the tools. We, we've heard a lot of the pain around the area. We watched the forums. And so there mm-hmm. are some things that are going to be coming out. That they're not really sort of lined up for Imagine, but um, it is just it is lining up that way. And this is a, a number of announcements that are just on the cusp of coming out to actually get that low end experience so much easier. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to quote people's prices, but you know, some of the prices are getting darn cheap that you can actually get a small side up. You know? yeah. It's not expensive. And if you you, know, you want to try out CE, well, it's free. And you can compare it to some of the other platforms. And I think once the, the marketplace is up, and it will you know, maybe up by the time this podcast comes out, I'm not quite sure. But but I, I actually think we're just on the right on the cusp of things and things turning around and becoming a whole heap easier in that area. But that, that's I truly believe that one. 
and I'm not just saying it. And I, I think just before Paul has his shot, I think what I just heard you say is that you can run Magento 2 on GoDaddy. Did you just say that, kind of, sort of? Yeah, well, GoDaddy, you go to the cloud.godaddy.com site. You know, there's, yeah. a, there's a single button click, and you get a, a Magento 2 instance up and running. And so, so that sort of dispels the notion that Magento 2 can't run on limited hardware, right? Like, that's it's kind of a silly thing to th- say then. If, if it can run at GoDaddy, it can run anywhere. Yeah, it's always, to me, a question of load. Uh, you know, what, what's your traffic volume? But of course, you can run it on a small site. It's just a question of how much load you want to throw at it. And you, obviously, right. you need to size your machine appropriate to the load. And uh, no, we're, we're having some chats with them to sort of get their tuning their performance up there even a bit further because, you know, it's, I think it will be very easy for low-end people to get up there. And it's, it's just launched. Like, it, it's new. And right. it's, yeah. it's it, yeah. these exciting things that are coming out. I think it's um, it's... I really mean it. I think there's quite a few things happening very, very soon that are, are really going to make a big difference to the path forward. Oh, that's awesome. Awesome. Paul? Oh, okay. So I'll take the question. Um, I would tell new uh, Magento users um, to leverage the power of this community, right? Um, thankfully, there's hundreds of thousands of, of merchants out there. There's tens of thousands of trained developers uh, in the form of extension developers and systems integrators. And your greatest resource is this um, community that we have. So leverage the forums, you know, listen to this podcast, uh, do everything you can to, you know, become familiar with the people um, that are kind of the leading figures uh, in the Magento community, leverage their knowledge because um, the power of this platform is that it is extendable and is customizable and um, it does not have limits. And, you know, we can certainly all believe in the, in the pace of change. Ten years ago, uh, the iPhone didn't exist, right? It was yeah. still one year in the future, and Magento was one year ahead of that, along with Android. Right? And you think about the, the scale of change um, now that, you know, mobile is, uh, by one Comscore report, taking a majority of time uh, spent online versus desktop. Uh, desktop still has... Um, larger percentage of actual revenue, but you think of the impact that, that mobile has had, um, you're going to need a platform that uh, can be extendable and can you know achieve everything that you need it to be, um, which means you don't want to get locked into somebody else's roadmap. You want to be able to uh, customize uh, the platform to deliver the experience that's going to make your brand stand out. And that's possible when you leverage you know the, the great community and the extensions that are going to be available in Marketplace. So you heard it here. Magento 2 is the new iPhone. That's what Paul said. <laughs> I did not see that. I'm just Actually, kidding. it's um, the new iPad. iPhone is Magento 1. And that's true. You know, yeah, the, you know how the apps are more expensive, the iPad apps? Oh, come on. That's right. a terrible place to end. That's a terrible place to end. Well, we, we, we love snark, that. snark, snark, snark. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Um, Don't be the TMZ of the Magento community, That's right. Kalen. I, I do it. I, I have a strong TMZ tendency. Um, Be a uniter, not a divider, Mr. Trump. <laughs> um, we're going to re- reunite the Magento community. Um, cool. Well, well. Hey, and, and I don't know if you guys had anything else, any other last parting shots. Um, but uh, if not, I guess Phil, you'll go ahead and, and close us up to yeah. tell people what yeah. to do. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, thank you. Thank you again uh, to our guests. Uh, thank you. Um, Paul and, and Alan for everything you do for the Magento community and Paul Allen for who you are um, <laughs> if you're listening. Better than um, us. 
Yeah. <laughs> Billionaire and all. He's, he's out on his yacht somewhere, his just floating island uh, fortress. Um, anyway, so, uh, no, thank you for listening. Uh, please check us out on iTunes. Uh, give us a five-star on iTunes. If you're going to be at Imagine and you're listening to this and you're at Imagine or if you had nothing better to do but listen to a Magento podcast at Imagine, go out and find somebody and interact with a person for crying out loud. But after that, uh, then make sure that everyone that you know is uh, subscribed uh, to to uh, Mage Talk. Hit us up on magetalk.com um, and leave us some feedback. We want you to be involved in this podcast. So leave us some feedback. You can see it right on the episode, right under the show title. There's uh, a link to go down to the discuss uh, section. So we'd love your feedback. And uh, yeah, hit us up on Twitter at Mage Talk, at Kaylin Jordan, at Phil Winkle. And uh, we, will, uh, we will see you out there. Imagine just uh, 10 days away from the time of this recording and probably 15 days ago by the time this gets posted. Um, but uh, you know, thank you for listening. Uh, go do something awesome. Have Thanks for week. having us on. Thank you guys. Peace. Thank you.